are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Kings. We made it to the end of the week. Thank you so much for hopefully listening each and every day here on Locked On Kings. I'm Jason Ross. Follow us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, and on Audio Boom, all the regular places that you can find us. Today on the podcast, we've reached the end of the week. I got a ton of feedback for our Friday mailbag, so we'll do that. And we got to start with unfortunate news. And I, I'm rec- as of recording this podcast, I'll give you what I do know about Zach Randolph, which isn't a whole lot, but at least we have to start there. I didn't want to ignore it. I got to mention it. it is very newsworthy and and to be honest, very disappointing. No no way around it. Zach Randolph was arrested, not charged, but arrested for marijuana possession with intent to sell. And I, I don't know of any other way to put it, but just disappointing. I, I In a couple of layers of this, obviously, um, there's so many places to go with this. My first thought is it's just disappointing in the sense that you've heard me talk to other guests. You've heard my take on where this organization is going and everything was positive 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 i don't know in the grand scheme of things how big of a deal this is but you just don't like to hear it i mean this organization has gotten out of the way of a lot of things that they were doing to themselves now you get what you think is a quality person a guy who's won community assist awards you heard my conversations with lionel hollins on this podcast his ex-coach eric hasseltine um, Pete Pranica, people that absolutely rave about Zach Randolph. So I have to take them at their word, people I know and trust, and I also have to see the facts. And I'm wondering if kind of both things can be true. You could get yourself in situations that you don't want to be in, and you could also still be a good person. I mean, I think those are all, and he could still be a leader and a mentor and all those things that we wanted him to be when he was acquired by the Kings and what the reason they got him. But that's more of the positive. I'm a more of a glass half full. Those things can all still happen. It's just, it's just disappointing, right? I mean, that's probably the way you felt when you heard about the news on Friday morning, or excuse me, on Thursday morning. That's the way I felt. And I'm sure the organization felt that way too. Just disappointing. And I'll wait and see where this goes legally. The other part of where I'm talking about the layers, though, here is, okay, I think where the big issue was, the totality of the situation without me having all the knowledge as of yet, but the intent to sell, because in some places, a lot of places, this state, particular California, marijuana is legal. I think we're naive to think that athletes don't use marijuana. They do. Um, But I think leagues have to figure out a way to either uh, be accepting of it. If, if certain States are, but when not every state is um, I personally, without being anyone that has uh, been involved in marijuana really in my life, I think it's the least, my opinion, this is 100% opinion, not really factually based, but uh, I think it's the least damaging of recreational drugs or alcohol. But again, that's an opinion and he got arrested and it's not a good look and it's unfortunate, but it can be a teaching moment. We'll see if it becomes a teaching moment. We'll see if it becomes an issue. Maybe it's a long-term issue with the team. Maybe this comes and goes, and the team is underway and playing in October, November, December, and it's forgotten. I'll remind you of things that happened last year with the Kings. Darren Collison, terrible look, wasn't positive. We didn't. Nobody felt good about it. He served his suspension, played his games, and 
was a productive player and still, again, can it be both? Could he have been involved in something he shouldn't have been? Yep. Could he be apologetic for it? Sure. And could he try to move on with his life? He did. He did a good job of that. But I also don't want to be naive to think, well, this is where it ends. It's going to be done here. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but I at least wanted to bring it up. And I'll just go with the blanket statement that it's 100% disappointing. Uh, Let's go now to the Friday mailbag. Like I said, I've got so many good things. I had to edit a few and take out. But we have stuff all over the place on the Friday mailbag, and I love it. Uh, I'm going to start with Juju. Nice. Juju. J-U-J-U. Juju says, I was having a debate with some of my friends and wondered if we would ever see a female play in the NBA. I said no way, and most of them agreed, but there were a couple guys with us at our party who thought we could see a female play NBA basketball within the next 20 years. I wanted to know what you think. Um, I'm going to go with I don't think so, and it's not a sexist thing at all. I think I just I I don't think it's going to happen, and there's gonna, there's always exceptions. Um, but I I just I can't see it. I I I wouldn't root against it if it happened. Great, there is a WNBA. There's women leagues overseas. They they have every right if they're good enough to play in the NBA. I just I personally don't see it. Um, I've played a lot of call a lot of basketball. With females, played, uh, tried to play basketball at UC Davis, played a lot with the women's team. They're very good, and that's even a, a little bit of a lower level, um, certainly than the highest level of college or professional. I think there's plenty of people that could contribute, but I just, as the male athletes continue to get bigger and better, I think the female athletes will too, but I just, I don't know. I don't see it, and certainly in 20 years, no. I don't, but... If I'm wrong, that's that's more than fine. I just I don't see it. I don't see it, Juju. Uh, interesting party debate though, and if any of you have thoughts on that, certainly you can you can send it my way. Uh, Shane Shane twenty six, excuse me. Shane twenty six sends in. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the NBA schedule to come out, and what is taking so long? I love that day so much. I have thoughts about getting season tickets, but I've always waited for the schedule to find out which games I'm going to pick this season. I definitely want to see the Warriors, Cavs, and Bucks with a Greek freak at Golden One. There you go. How about that? A lot of people uh, like the Greek freak. I think it would be awesome to open at home against one of those teams. Who would you want them to play for the first game of the year? Well, there's been some preliminary schedules. I think it's, again, as of recording this, it's coming soon, the full schedule to be released. Um, Who would I want them to play? First game? I feel like last year the first game was so unique at home. That's what we waited for. I always look forward to the first game of the season, but I want someone they're gonna. I want them to get off to a good start. So uh, Brooklyn, somebody at home that or that they could hopefully defeat. Uh, there's nothing greater than starting out the season one and zero. There was a couple years in a row. I don't know if you remember this, Shane. Uh, it had been a few years back where the Kings would open up on the road with three or four games in a row, and it was always everybody's home opener. And a lot of times they'd come back zero and three, zero and four, one and three. It just you're already chasing the season, and I know it's a long way to go. And I don't have humongous win loss expectations for this team, but I personally would like to see them start with a a game that you'd go, oh yeah, they can get that victory. So. I guess if I'm picking the schedule for the Kings, and I say Brooklyn, but whoever, maybe if some other team has a key injury to start the year, let's host them and uh, get off to a 1-0 start. So I know that's not a, a great answer, Shane, but I do appreciate uh, your question. Brian W. in Woodland says, I heard from a friend of mine that you had a schedule idea with the NBA that you either mentioned on your podcast or on your radio show. He said he really liked it, but can't remember all of the details. So if you don't mind, could you please share it so that he can remember it and that I can hear it? Well, certainly, Brian, I will uh, first off, thank you for listening. I will share with you and your friend 
my schedule idea. And basically the scheduling idea I have is surrounded around the premise of avoiding resting. I'm not a fan of the resting. I'm trying to protect fans that buy these tickets at an expensive price to see the teams they like and love. And it stinks when you maybe buy a ticket for LeBron and the Cavs and they come to Golden 1 Center and he rests. I just don't like that premise. So here's what I had. And the other offshoot of what my suggestion is, is something that I think could help with travel, help alleviate resting, help promote rivalry. So here it goes. Uh, and some people say, well, limit the number of games. The, the owners aren't going to do that. They're not cutting the amount of games. you got to stick with the 82-game template. So here's what I would do. I would play everybody outside of your division. So we're going to use the Kings as my example, Brian. Kings are in the Pacific Division with the Warriors, with the Lakers, with the uh, Clippers, and with the Suns. So let's take the other five divisions. That's 25 other teams. East and West, doesn't matter. You're playing each of them twice, home and road, just like they do in the East. So Toronto will be here once, you go to Toronto once. Same with the Spurs, here once, there once. Portland here once, Portland there once. That's it. Those teams, each, those 25 teams, twice, home and road, right? That's 50 games. That leaves you 32 left. It's a lot of games left. But then I'm promoting rivalries and lessening travel, making it easier on travel. So you would play the other four teams in your division, which would be the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Suns, eight times, four and four, four home, four road. Those are games I think Kings fans enjoy maybe more so than others. So you get the Lakers four times. You get the Warriors four times here and four times there. So if resting becomes something, well, Warriors don't rest when you play the Cavs or the Spurs because you're only playing them once home and home. Maybe rest some of your guys in one of your trips to Golden 1 or some of your guys a home game when you're playing the Lakers another time. I mean, you're going to play them eight times. The other part of what this does, what I like from the baseball model, you start the season, Giants and Dodgers, Giants and Diamondbacks, Giants and Padres. You kind of start in your division, stay close to home for a little while, travel is easier, and then you branch out, and you finish that way. So I would start the NBA season kind of promoting the rivalry. So Kings would probably go through a cycle of playing Lakers, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, maybe each of them twice, maybe one of them three times for the first couple of weeks of the season. Then you start playing your other teams and then you finish that way. So the way I like it at the end as well is it's promoting the rivalries, lessening the travel. And at the end, let's just say for extreme example's sake, the Kings are three back of the Warriors with seven to go, but you play the Warriors three times. Well, those games mean a lot. I mean, that would be a lot of fun. So just an idea. Sure. The NBA wouldn't take me up on it, but I'm trying to keep, owners happy with the 82 games because they're not going to want to limit the gate the number of times that you play teams and I personally don't know why the Kings have to play Memphis the same amount of times as the Warriors or Minnesota the same amount of times as the Lakers I think there's there's more charm in playing each team multiple times and it promotes the rivalries it promotes the other goals the Warriors may try to go 32 and 0 against the Pacific and right now it'd be tough for the Kings to play the Warriors eight times but hey, they could do okay against the Lakers eight times and the Suns eight times. You know, you got to work on your division. Some divisions would be more difficult, but I think it's just a way. I think that the one division it's a little bit unique would be Minnesota's, Utah, Denver, Portland, uh, OKC. That's a little bit of a goofy regional division, but that's the only one. Everyone else is relatively close to each other, and I think it would help with travel. So long convoluted way, Brian, to say, Play each team, everyone outside your division, twice. Once home, once road. That's 50 games. The other 32 for 82 games. 
eight against the Warriors, eight against the Lakers, eight against the Clippers, and eight against the Suns. Four here, four there. Just an idea. And, you know, see what see what uh, you think about that. So thank you, Brian, for your question. All right, before we get to our next one, let me tell you about SeatGeek. Got to tell you another time about SeatGeek because this is what you need on your phone to get to the events, to get to the concerts, the games, the comedy shows, whatever you want. SeatGeek is the way to do it. Buying tickets to sports and concerts, it's difficult, right? But there is a better way, a simpler way with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just a couple of taps on your phone. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices and... And, and, and it's fully guaranteed. So there's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for the great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I did use it to purchase tickets to Hall & Oates when they were here along with Tears for Fears. and ended up being their uh, last show. I think there was some issues with Tears for Fears. But, hey, got a chance to see a great show. SeatGeek is is what made it happen. You can do the same thing. It's designed to make your tickets Buying and the experience overall, very easy. It's easier than ever. In fact, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit inside your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek, and you can do that with confidence. So... Make sure SeatGeek is your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, whether that's sporting events, concerts, comedy, and theater. It's all there. And best of all, all of you guys out there, you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase by downloading the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's L-O-N-B-A. Again, promo code L-O-N-B-A for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, let's continue with our Friday mailbag. This one's more of a comment than a question, but I did want to read it because I liked it a lot. This one comes from Matthew. I really enjoyed the uh, podcast with Brandon Williams. Obviously, I just got this one. Uh, I listened to almost all of your episodes, but it was great getting to know a little bit more about him as I had never heard him before. Um, But his tone, his knowledge, and feel... I really like what he brings to this team. Thank you so much for getting him on, and I would love it if he could be somewhat of a regular on the show just to check in on the state of the team. If this team continues to add character with talent on the floor and character with talent in the front office, it will work. This is how you build successful businesses and organizations. I feel great about where this team is going. This team is on the right path, and I love it. Go Kings. All right, that again is from Matthew. So, Matthew, thank you for that. And, again, I was I was impressed with Brandon. I liked him a lot. thought he had great things to say, really sharp mind. And I would like to have him on more regularly. I think just to get a little bit of intel inside the front office, how they're thinking, where they're going. And, you know, now the latest, how would they handle a situation like Zach Randolph? I mean, they you have to deal with those situations, sadly, but you do. And we'll see what they do with that. Uh, Fred says this one. I I like the random questions too. I heard your first podcast back from vacation last week and you mentioned that you went to the snake river and went fishing and boating. Well, yeah, rafting, kayaking, but I get your point. I don't have a basketball question, but I do have a fishing question. What was the biggest fish you caught? And don't give me a fish story either. All right, Fred. Um, for me, about a 14 inch fish, a little bit bigger than a foot, but we are trying to keep uh, 10 to 12 to 14 inches, a lot of bass. Uh, I caught a perch. I think we caught a carp. A couple of people that were with us caught steelhead. I was mainly catching bass. My brothers were doing great. But if I, the biggest fish I caught, I would say 14 inches would be my bet, my best guess. Nothing, a 10 foot, 
200 pound fish. No, it was about 14, 14 inches. Good size fish and uh, good eating too. So thank you, Fred. Jeremy says, what up, Jay Ross? I listen to you each day on the radio and the podcast, and I feel like I know you. You seem like a, just a normal guy, a nice guy, too. Thank you for doing this show every day and getting my Kings fix that I need. I do have to say, though, that I'm nervous that the Lakers might be good, and that will honestly kill me. I hate that the team that I I hate that team, and I love it when they are worse than us. I like what we are doing, but your boy Lonzo Ball is going to make them fun and good, and I think... I want them to suck and be boring. <laughs> please help me. Uh, please help talk me off the ledge as I can't handle them being in the playoffs again before us. Thanks, J. Ross. Oh, my boy, Lonzo Ball. I like how you put it that way. I am a big fan of him, and but I didn't like that he went to the Lakers. I do think he will be good. I'm not as anxious, though, Jeremy, as, as maybe you are and others that – I think it's still going to be a tough year for the Lakers. I think their additions were good. I'm not sure what KCP will bring him. Lopez makes some sense in the front court, but they're incomplete. It's not. It's not all there yet, and uh, they're on. They're getting on the right track, and I do think Lonzo Ball will make people better. And if they really get to a style that might be a fun team to watch, but uh, there's still some holes. There's still some warts, and it's the Western Conference, just like the Kings are going through. There's a juggernaut there, and I don't know how well they are going to do this year. But I can see an improved team. I would be shocked if they make the playoffs. So I would say, uh, Jeremy, you can uh, ease up on your stress, but, you know, you can still hate the Lakers. That's fine. It's natural. It's in your DNA. just feels good, doesn't it? Uh, Last one, and I love the name, the X-Man. X-Man. Xavier McDaniel was one of my favorite players a long time ago. Scared the heck out of me, but loved Xavier McDaniel. But the X-Man says, simple and short question for the Friday mailbag for Locked on Kings. Next season, the Kings have the ball, and they trail by two with 10 seconds left. Who do they go to? There's no Rudy, no DeMarcus, no Darren. What will Jaeger do? Great question. I like that one a lot, X-Man. Um, I'm trying to think in the mind of a coach. you, you got to have your playmakers, and let's try to figure out who the playmakers are. George Hill naturally is going to have the ball. I think Darren Fox is going to be a playmaker. I think we see other bigs that have become the facilitators a little bit. Willie did a good job with that. You want someone that can create a little bit on the wing, uh, Buddy would be a comfortable uh, option to take a, an important shot. I'm not sure about Bogdanovich, but I, I guess the short answer right now would be it's got to start with George Hill. And I think you can traditionally run a play. Will they be comfortable dumping it down low to Zach Randolph, who has experience in making big plays? Um, I think it might turn into more of the actual play that's designed as opposed to, hey, Rudy Gay, hey, Tyreek Evans, hey, DeMarcus Cousins, go win the game for us. And I think there's some charm in that. You need to execute. You need to run it. You have to probably have some offshoots of where it can go. But I think it would be kind of a collection of different people that would be responsible for running the play correctly. But I think you're going to start with George Hill running a play and then figuring out what option you want. You could have a hot guy. Maybe Malachi's hot. Maybe Buddy Heald's hot. Bogdanovich. But I would think it would go between some sort of pick and roll between Zach Randolph and George Hill, two of your veterans that have been in those moments the most. Maybe it becomes Willie Cauley-Stein, but my first inkling next man would be George Hill and Zach Randolph in a little bit of a two-man game. That's 100% guess, but I love the question, and i love to see how that's going to uh, develop, certainly, over time. Great questions this week. I really enjoyed the Friday mailbag. Left a few out that I'll bring back for next week. If you ever want to get in on that for the question segment on Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com or on Twitter 
at Jason Ross 1140. And I do really thank you guys for all the support and the feedback and the comments. And if you get a moment, please uh, go to iTunes and rate the show. Hopefully give us five stars, throw a comment on there as well. But send me comments, criticisms, critiques, things you would like to hear and different things you'd like this podcast to have. We've kind of made it through the toughest times, but we've, we've got a few more things planned before we really get going with the start of the NBA season. But I do thank all of you out there for listening each and every day and tell a friend that we're out there. Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, all the different outlets to find us again. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Back again for more episodes of Locked on Kings coming your way next week. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.